and welcome back to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, with my amazing co-host, Micah Maddox, and we have some special guests with us as we are discussing the role of a father and being a father to the fatherless. It was so great to hear from my husband, Clay, last week, and now today we get to hear from Micah's husband, Rob. Woohoo! Yay, Rob! <laughs> <laughs> okay, come on. Be a little bit more. <laughs> Rob, I'm so glad you're here. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Uh, we're going to have a good time today. <laughs> so the verse today is from Psalm 82.3. Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. I love this verse. Our loving God looks after the lonely and the broken families. Well, happy Father's Day and welcome to our podcast, Robin Clay. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah. So, Rob, it's your turn. Great. <laughs> <laughs> so, when you first became a father, how did the responsibility of that change your life? It was incredible. The the day that we brought our oldest home from the hospital, I'll never forget that everything from here on will be different. Mm. You can't you can't take her back. You can't put her <laughs> you can't put her back on the shelf. There's no there's a no return policy here. And uh, so that was that was a life-changing realization for me that life from this point on would be completely mm. different. No matter what happens, it will be completely different. Now, how was it different? I think as a as a dad trying to fulfill the role of of protector, leader, provider, which I'd already been doing in my marriage. But when you add another person to that, you just feel the weight of that responsibility. It took a whole lot more of uh, prayer, a whole yeah. lot more um, just seeking seeking out the understanding of how God is a heavenly father to us. And, and trying to fulfill that role is difficult as a fallible man, mm. but um, with a desire to do the best that I could. Mm. Amen. That's so good. You know, that's one thing I talk often with my husband about is we're sinners raising sinners. And so things are going to get messy sometimes. Um, So I know that you all chose to be foster parents. And I just, I want to know, how did God lead you to fill the role of dad in a foster care situation? It's funny you say that we chose it. I think God chose it for us. Um, And for me, the way that uh, I followed God's leading was really through my wife because he put it on her heart probably two years before it was even a question for me or even a thought, a consideration. I I wanted to be open to it, but we have three biological kids of our own who are coming into the, the preteen years almost and, and life's a little bit busy and at times chaotic with my schedule and with her schedule. So to add something else on top of that, uh, I just was unsure of for a long mm-hmm. time. And it took a lot of prayer, a lot of her, I'm not going to say the word nagging. Well, that wasn't it. <laughs> hey, I can't you. <laughs> I know you're right here. Encouragement. But it, but it, yeah. <laughs> encouragement. Uh, forceful encouragement just to think about it, to be open-minded to it. Because for a long time I said, we're, we're good. I, I used to say, we have eeny, meeny, miny, and no mo. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my perspective. And I was very closed. And, and unfortunately, looking back, I'm a little bit, um, ashamed of the fact that I would say before even I, I even asked God about it, I was saying no. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I know for me too, there was a time when God just put in my heart, 
you have a son. And it was this radical thing. It's radical to go and adopt, or it's radical to take in a child that's not your own. That is the heart of God, yep. you know, working through us. Yep. I think that's incredible. Yeah, and for me, Denise, you know, I was adopted by my stepdad. Mm. My stepdad stepped in and adopted me. And I think that's probably why I have such a heart and a burden, because I know the impact and the influence that he mm. left in my life. And that he impressed upon my life. And I'm like, we have the opportunity and we have the resources to Mm. be able to do that for someone else. Why wouldn't we? Well, I think a lot of times people don't because it's not comfortable, you know, and we worship at the altar of comfort. Right. And it's like, what? You know, this is this is hard. You know, but that is what being a father and why we're honoring you guys today is because it is hard to Mm -hmm. be a father. Um, And especially when you're choosing that in a difficult situation. So uh, has taking in a foster child put strain on your family? (laughs) (laughs) That's such a loaded question. It definitely has. We have three kids of our own. And um, it when you bring in a... uh, I don't. I don't know. Um, let me start that again. Yeah. It it definitely has put a little bit of strain on our family at different times because we have three kids of our own. I would say a lot <laughs> of strain <laughs> at times. But I have learned it's a it's a good strain because it it has allowed so many opportunities for me to have some really mature conversations with my biological kids mm-hmm. to. Uh, help them understand that this life isn't about us serving us. It's about us serving others mm. and serving the Lord and serving others. That was the two greatest commandments, right? Love the Lord, love others. Well, it, right now for our family, loving others includes loving people who are not in our family but living in our home mm. and hoping then that they can become part of our family, whether or not it's a legal type thing or not. That's not the point. But we're going to love other people. And so, yeah, it definitely creates some strain. And he gets a little bit of more attention at times than my biological kids and, and vice versa. And there's certain things that we used to do as the five of us now that we have a, a, a foster son living with us right now that we can't necessarily do like we would have done. Um, it's just different. It's a new normal. And so helping my, my kids to understand that it's okay. In fact, it's really good yes. because this is a... This isn't just about us. It's a, it's a God thing, and we need to focus on that. Well, I just think it's beautiful. When I, both of you have spoken about the importance of serving others and modeling that, and that's what Christ did. Mm-hmm. You know, and we see that, but there's such a beauty in the, what I'll call, holy wrestling sure. that happens in everyday life where you've, you're trying to train the character into these children, and it's, but, you know, and our flesh doesn't like it. Nope. But God no. is doing such a holy work there, right. you know. So, uh, wow, that's incredible. Well, I know a lot of people or maybe even a lot of women would want to foster, but maybe their husbands are not on board. What would you say to these couples? <laughs> I, I would agree with that question in the fact that I don't know what the statistics are, but probably if you look at a foster family, I would I would guess that the the wife was passionate about it before the husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's just a guess because that's all I've ever heard of. <laughs> um, definitely was the case for us. Um, it's a prayer thing. You have to start there, 
Um, because if you go into foster care and you're not both on the same page, it's not going to work. Right. Yeah, I think you will quit like the first week if you're not like mm-hmm. all in together in because it's hard. Yeah. What it took for me was she had been, I knew she was praying about it. I knew that, that God had put this on her heart. And sometimes I can be a little bit narrow focused and this is what our family needs and this is what we're doing. And without the, the reminder that God or the realization that God gave her to me as a helper. Mm. And if he's put this on her heart, then I need to be uh, aware of that. Mm -hmm. I need to be considerate of that. And so for me, the next step was just, okay, I'm going to just, I'm not committing to this. I don't know what this even looks like. However, I'll take the next step, which is just to start training. Where we live, you have to take, I think it was 10 weeks of classes Okay, so let's go do that. And in the process of that, we'll go from there. So it, to say yes to foster care initially sounds very daunting, but there's so much along that process that you can either, it will, leave help, it will help affirm your decision or it will help mm-hmm. say that maybe mm-hmm. this isn't for us. But I would say to the, to the husbands, I would say just take a step. You're not saying, it, it's not like, okay, let's foster. And then all of a sudden we have a, a child in our home the next day it doesn't work like that. Right. Give it some time. Mm-hmm. Let God work on your heart over time and give you the affirmation or the the redirection that time gives. Yeah, and I think, you know, for us, God really worked through the process, putting people into our lives to speak truth, to, to really tell us this is what you're supposed to do. We ran into a couple at the mall, strangers that we didn't even know. Total strangers. We um, stopped and talked to them. I mean, who does that? I don't yeah. even remember what. They had a cute they had cute We don't twins. even go to the mall. Yeah, I know. We were at the mall. Why were we even there? God put us there. There were these twin little girls, and they were adorable, and we were oohing and all over, the, over them, you know. And we're like, oh, they're so cute. They are adorable. Y'all are so blessed. And we got to talking, and the man started sharing that he was a foster child. And we didn't ask him that. He just started sharing about it. And it was like, look, here's this dude. He's, Mm -hmm. like, super successful businessman. He was raised in a foster home. And at that time, we really hadn't met too many people that were involved in foster care or had that come out of foster care. All we knew were the statistics, right? And they look pretty bad. If you look mm-hmm. at the statistics, it's it's sad. Yeah. And so this was like a God gave us like this message of hope. Look, there's hope in this situation. It's not all doom and gloom. And then at our church, there's a woman who works in foster care, and I happen to be placed with her together to work in a certain ministry. Never met her before. Mm. And we got to talking, and she started sharing her story, and I was like, wow. And God just did that for both of us individually, different people that we would come into contact with that just confirmed, this is the path, this is the way, this is exactly what I have for you. So then on those hard days where it does put strain, we can remind each other, hey. We, we signed up for this. <laughs> we we, we signed thought. up for this, yeah. It's hard, but we signed up for this. Well, it's kind of like you said uh, earlier, you were talking about you can't return the kid to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> There's a commitment level there. But, you know, even in that, you know, God totally meets us at that place of mm-hmm. our need. You know, mm-hmm. he's the one who's really ultimately serving through us, mm-hmm. you know. Um so, so how was becoming a biological father and a foster father different for you? So as a biological dad, you have your kids from birth. And you, they just assimilate into your family. They are just, 
they are your family. And you have them day one and you start, um, you can have the love and the, 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 the training that happens and you develop that bond and that relationship and it starts, they, they know nothing else. Right. With a foster child, they come into your house and you have no history. Mm-hmm. You have zero. And they're coming out of a traumatic situation. If, if kids have been pulled from their parents, there's a reason for it. Mm. And so whether or not they've been in a foster home before or it's just an immediate situation where they've just left their mom and dad, they are in a crisis. And they don't probably like you because right. you're not their mom or dad. Mm. And so there's no history. There's no background. There's no love. There's no nurturement that's happened. They're scared to death. And so... You, you have to quickly establish some some uh, some sort of relationship to where they know that you're a safe person. Yeah. This is a safe place. So that's the that's the biggest difference. And, and and you have to it goes many directions from there. But initially, biological dad, you just always that's all they've known. And for a foster kid, they they just you're starting day one, and maybe they're five years old already. You've lost five years, mm-hmm. and that's that's the critical five years. And so it, I think, I'm not going to say it takes a lot more work, but it's a lot of different work yeah. as a parent mm-hmm. because you're, you're trying to make up for that lost time to, even, to just to learn this child just so that you can learn how to love this child. You know how to love your biological kids because you know them, you know their personality, you know what they're, they like and don't like. This foster care, you know, not, child, you know nothing, and they don't have any, they don't have anything. It's just this is a complete blank slate yet there's a whole lot of stuff on the on yeah the back it requires a sensitivity really to yeah. what does that child need and I know that's something that we've talked about before and when I had adopted Samuel and there were these behavioral things but what were my expectations mm-hmm. you know and understanding what has he just been through right and so, and that's where the Holy Spirit can help us and guide oh, us. Need mm-hmm. Him, <laughs> right? It is right. critical because you just don't know what in the world is their history. Yeah. And yeah. How are you supposed to parent? And and if any of us needs wisdom, we know we can ask God. And mm-hmm. but um, so, uh, how do you show both your biological children and your foster children love? Is there competition? So, oh, that's a good question. Yes, there is. <laughs> yeah. um, I think with anybody, you have to figure out what their love language is mm-hmm. and how they uh, how they show love and how they accept love. Same thing with a foster child. You yeah. have to figure that out. Again, that goes back to not knowing where they come from or what, what uh, works for them. Um, there's definitely some competition, especially, you know, our biological kids are older. Our foster son's younger right now. And he's adorable. He is adorable. <laughs> but he's a challenge. So yes. he's, a, he's a toddler, you know, mm-hmm. so he... <laughs> He requires a lot of attention, mm-hmm. and that pulls away from our biological kids. So there's some tension there. However, in situations like that, we do our best to include our kids. We're one family unit, including our bio, or our foster son. And so to include our biological kids in that makes it more, it's not them against him. It's all of us together working to figure this out. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's definitely competition. There's definitely some strain, but... Um, like I mentioned earlier, figuring out what their love language is, but then it, it's allowed me to pour into my biological kids in, in ways that I would have never had and conversations we would, would never have had had we not had a foster son. Mm-hmm. He brings up, hey, why are we doing this? 
and I can explain, hey, this is we're, we're called to love other people, and, and this is where the rubber meets the road, and this is hard. But when the Bible says this, this is what you're seeing in real life. So mm-hmm. you're seeing biblical principles played out. And that, that's that's our heart in this whole thing is to teach them and to train them, yes, to love and provide for the foster child. That's that's one element of it. But to to show our biological kids, hey, this whole this whole thing about life and and following God has nothing to do with us. Right. It has everything to do yes. with others. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, even in our home, the sibling rivalry. I mean, that's. Biological kids too. I mean, it, sure. it's working through it. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even go there. We, we, <laughs> biological, biological rivalry and competition <laughs> might be worse than you know. Right. I think for for me, the competition between um, foster and biological, it it all kind of just m- melts together. Mm-hmm. You know, it is sibling rivalry. It is what it is. Foster brother to biological brother, biological brother to biological sister. It's sibling rivalry is sibling rivalry. Yeah. <laughs> and end of the day, our kids have have accepted him, and they love him like he mm. is. We uh, like he's their own foster. Or uh, bi- I get the words mixed up, biological and foster, but they've grown to love him like mm. he's always been here. Oh, that's awesome. I think the hardest transition for us was when we did adopt. I mean, I had sibling rivalry, but I always worked on that. I was like, hey, we're not doing so bad with that. Then we adopted (laughs) child number four and five, you know, Mm. Mm. because there wasn't this understanding of why is he doing those things? You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And and so those are things we had to really work on and still do. Mm -hmm. I mean, so... uh, what would you say to families who are considering foster care, and how important do you think the role of the dad is in a foster care situation? So I'll definitely cons- tell people that are considering it to, to take the next step. Mm. What is that next step? What is the is it a phone call you need to make? Is it the classes you need to? Um, obviously, this is all bathed in prayer. This yes. is that's 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 the given here. Um, but just practically. Um, one foot in front of the other is just whatever the next step is in your process. I would encourage you to just take it. Mm-hmm. God will show you which way you're supposed to go. As far as uh, the role of the dad, I think it's critical. I think um, our generation, our, our world, uh, you see fatherless homes, and it's just not, that's not how God designed it. Right. God designed for the dad to be there and involved. The role of the dad is, is so important. Uh, you look at our society today. And God, God designed the home to have the mom and the dad. And so whether it's biological or foster, uh, it's vitally important. Mm. Well, we're going to wrap this up. But before we do, I just want to ask, is there any sage advice that our dads that are with us today would like to offer or any encouragement to dads out there? Uh, Rob and I were talking a little bit earlier. I, th- I think there's a... A tendency, you know, to consider, you know, of course, there's going to be issues that come up with any family, and and initially, you know, there's probably a tendency to blame, or even for the kids or parents too, to blame that. Well, this is because uh, this is a stepchild or this is a foster child, but in reality, the blessing is, is these types of issues and problems occur even in biological families. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you take hope that, you know, there's nothing new under the sun that, you know, even, even uh, you know, in ideal situations, these are challenges and room for growth. And the other thing we uh, mentioned was that even the children, 
that come late into a family are grafted in and made an equal part. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all parties need to recognize and accept that, that the reward and the inheritance is in full, even as we were grafted into God's family. And uh, it's just a, an important concept for for all and the family to come into agreement and understanding of. It's mm. great. I think to to reiterate what Clay had said earlier when you were asking him questions, um, the greatest example you can be for your kids, one of the greatest things you can do for the health and the nourishment of your kids and your family is to love your wife mm-hmm. and to to express your love. Like God, husbands love your wives like Christ loves the church. And I think as a dad, sometimes we can our focus can be corporate. Our focus can be on other things. God called us to love Him and to love people. Well, our immediate people is our wife mm-hmm. and our children. So all wives, now you can let your husband listen to this for that little tidbit of advice. <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> so the raw truth today is that we were all adopted by God, grafted in and accepted by Him. The radical grace is that God took us as his own, even when we don't deserve it and we have nothing to offer. The real hope is that God can use us to make a difference in the lives of those who are fatherless by sharing the love of the one true father. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.